you know, a lot of the times we forget that really that's all there is, is that movement of loving. And we get caught up in all the details of our, of our lives physically often, but then we get really caught up in how we feel about our lives, how we feel about ourselves and those around us, how we think about it, what we believe about it, our judgments, our fears. We get caught up in our fantasies and expectations of how we wish it were. Or we may even get caught up in the way it is, hoping it'll never change. Because we like it right now, and then we go into fear trying to control it so it stays that way and doesn't change. So there's some part of us that's always caught up in this down and outward expression through these different vehicles of consciousness. And that's all they are, is just vehicles of consciousness for the soul to embody in, to have experience. That's really the simplicity of it all. They're just vehicles for the soul to have experience. That's it. But often what? We forget. We don't remember that in truth, we're on a spiritual journey. Our soul is on a journey of experience. And through that experience, our soul is learning, is awakening, is coming to know the greater expression and experience of all of God's creation. It just so happens at this time, and in this place, this place we call time and space, is where we, the soul, are experiencing. That's it. There's a lot of other creations. There's a lot of other experiences yet that God has for the soul to have. This experience of time and space is simply that, an experience. But we forget. We don't remember. We get caught up in the details. We get caught up in the journey. But why even make that wrong or judge that? Why? Well, isn't that a lot of what, us, what we do, especially once we get? For those of us that are on that journey back home to God, right? We want to go home to God. So what do we do? Well, now we just change our judgments. Rather than judging this, we don't judge that anymore. And now we judge those things that are not spiritual, right? Now we judge all those things that we're getting caught up in when we're not being spiritual. Well, being spiritual, it's baloney. Throw it out the door. Seriously. Spirituality has nothing to do with being anything. What is that? Those are behaviors. Those are expressions. You can't change the fact of who you are, which is loving, which is divine. You can't change that. Get over it. Get ready. Get used to it. Let go of it. It's so funny. We think we have to, even when we hear these words, we think, oh my God, now I've got to change all these things that are not part of who I am is that true experience of loving. Right? So then what are we doing now? Once again, we're in the process of judging and giving our opinions and making wrong, trying to get away, trying to push it away so we can be now spiritual or we can be the truth of who we are, that which we claim or call spiritual. But yet some part of us keeps looking to the outer expression that we keep judging the way we behave, the things we say, the things we do, the thoughts we have. Anybody in here ever not judge your thoughts? If you have a mean thought or you cuss at somebody or you hate them, don't you go, oh my God, I shouldn't think that way. Well, did you just judge yourself now? Oh my God, I shouldn't think that way. Well, there's a judgment. I should not do that. I know all the same stuff. I shouldn't shit on myself. Double, double whammy on those, I know. 
We have all those old catchphrases, and for most of us around here, we've been doing this for years and years, and we've heard a lot of those things have come and gone, come and gone, come back, come back. We don't know what else to do when they're gone sometimes because we've got what? We've gotten so focused now and trained ourselves on doing all these processes to get rid of all the junk that sometimes we don't know what to do now when all that's left is now just a beanness. Anybody have that problem yet? What do you do now when you're just in that place of neutrality, when you're just being the loving and not having to do, not having to change, not having to whatever? What do you do? You often don't stay there long, do you? You sit there for a little while. Oh, this is such a nice place. Minute goes by. Still kind of nice. Two minutes goes by. Wow, should I be doing something? I probably should be doing something, right? I've got all these things I've got to get going and doing now. And then we're off to the races again. Off to the races. To what? What are we trying to do anyway? Are we trying to earn our keep? Are we trying to earn our way into heaven? Are we trying to be the good such and such? Trying to gain favor with God? Or just our fellow human beings? Well, if everybody loves me, then I must be good. Right? And then we're chasing after everybody to love us. And when they don't love us, we take it personally. And then we think something's wrong with us, so we've got to change and do something so that they will love us. And then we start to change and do the things so that they, whoever they are, fill in the blank, whoever they will love us and we change and do those things now and they actually maybe start to like us a little and we think we're, okay, I'm doing something right and then the more we do it, something inside of us starts to go more and more off kilter. We start to feel more misaligned or disturbed or stressed out inside of ourselves because we're so busy trying to now realign ourselves to somebody else, some outside source, so we'll be liked or loved. And the more we do that, we find ourselves getting more agitated, irritated, more upset, more reactive. Even with whoever they are that we filled in the blank with, that we even get more reactive with them. Well, that's often the case because we're changing for some outside source and whatever that source is we're trying to change for is often where we will direct that reaction because it is in that process where we get to see where we have now, in a sense, misaligned ourselves. We, it's often called what? We give our power away. I know, we give our power away. We hear these things so much. I always like to say the word karma's even gotten a bad rap. Everybody thinks it's negative. Karma's not negative. Karma is just what? Unlearn lessons. What is that? How do you learn a lesson? You have experience. You go have experience. What's so negative about that? Don't you have some nice experiences? Well, guess what? Those are karma too. Those are karma too, even the nice experiences. What's so negative about that? It's not. It's just what we do with it inside of ourselves. We perceive, we judge, we project onto our experience. And that projection on that experience is what either creates a place of alignment and balance with our own spirit inside, or it creates a misalignment and an imbalance. 
But I'll tell you what, here's the good news. The next time you find yourself in reaction and judgment and getting all upset and then beating yourself up because you're feeling or saying or doing those things that demonstrate how off, uh, off alignment you are, the next time that happens, instead of judging and looking at all that that way, how about looking at it going, wow, I'm really feeling out of balance today. Oh, my God, thank you, God. Thank you for that awareness. Thank you for that awareness of me now being aware that I am out of balance, that I'm disturbed, that I'm reactive. Thank you for that. How much do we ever practice gratitude for those types of things? Why would we even want to say thank you for the experience that we often call negative, of feeling out of alignment or out of balance, stressed out, whatever you want to call it? Why would we want to do that? Well, once you be grateful, if you knew you were out of alignment so that you could now do those things inside yourself called loving, called accepting, called forgiving, to bring yourself back into alignment with that flow of the divine inside of you, wouldn't you be grateful for that? Well, guess what? That's exactly what the negative is doing. It's giving us the opportunity in that awareness of being negative, out of alignment, out of balance, to now really wake up and to realize what we're doing inside of ourselves. You could say what we're doing to ourselves or what we're doing to others, but it's really just what are we doing inside of ourselves. Because are we really doing anything to anybody? Well, it sure looks that way. But are we really? Or is every single one of us just doing it to ourselves? You know, go after yourself. Oh, I'm already doing that. What, you guys think the F word? It's forgiveness. That's the F word. How many times do I have to say that? <laughs> That's right. Go forgive yourself. Because that brings you back into the alignment to really know that. And listen, we all know when we are in alignment. Because why? Because we're at calm. We're at peace. We feel centered. We're focused. There's a greater clarity. There's an understanding. We're actually okay with things. We know what that is. I don't care how disturbed or confused any of us get at any time. We know when we're disturbed or confused, and we know when we are in that place of alignment, of centeredness. And that place is the divine, or at least the beginning of our knowing of what the divine is inside of us, because it is that place where we are peaceful and centered, where it's called that phrase, peace be still, and know yourself, know thyself. Because in that is where the divine is, is in that peaceful, centered place. Is it only there, though, even just saying what I said? No, it's not just there. That's the point in which we begin to become aware of it. It doesn't mean it's not there. It's always there. Even when you're feeling like you're going through hell and totally out of alignment and disturbed, that peace, that loving, that divine of who we are is still here. It hasn't gone anywhere. All we have done is, in a sense, looked more back out in the world, given our power away, got caught up in our outer expression, got caught up in the details. Even the word caught up, what is that saying? We, in a sense, have projected ourselves out into 
this world of reflection. But that's not bad either because it is through that projection that we have the experience through these vehicles, the mind, the emotions, imagination, and body. It is through that projection that the soul experiences. And that's what it's here to do. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a wonderful thing. Karma is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So you might as well shift that one. Shift happens anyway. Doesn't happen usually in nice ways until you shift it. That's when it's nice. When the shift is on you, yes, I am playing around with that. When you get shifted on, then it's not so nice because you really do feel dumped on. Then you're the victim, right? There's a reaction. There's a pain. Okay, so where's the gain? No pain, no gain, right? Well, maybe that's true in this world. Maybe that's the catchphrase of this world. No pain, no gain. Because every time we have pain, why can't we just shift our attitude instead of going into victim and hurt and upset? How about we shift our attitude? What did I say earlier? What if we just went into gratitude and say, thank you, God, for the awareness, because this pain that I'm experiencing is the awareness that I am focused now into the world and caught up in all this outer expression because that is the experience of separation from the divine within. In that experience, the separation is painful. Simple as that. Pain is simply the awareness that we are experiencing that separation, I should say illusion of separation from the truth of the divine. That's it. That's all. But then what do you do with it? That's the key here. What do you do with it? Because you have the freedom of choice to do whatever you want with it. You can judge it, make it negative, be the victim. Or we can shift that. We can begin to move into this attitude of gratitude and say, thank you for this experience to remind me that I simply have allowed my attention now to get caught up in the world. And in that reminder, I am now going to bring my focus back inwards and upwards to the divine here inside. Not the physical head. This is just the physical reference of where the soul resides in this physical consciousness. It's here in which the soul feeds life to the body, and it is here that the soul leaves the physical body, taking the life with it. That's all. Nothing to do. Nothing to do with the body, nothing to do with the chakras, nothing to do with yoga, nothing to do with the whatever energies, the chi force and all the kundalini, nothing to do with any of that. Those are all the physical nature. And the soul is here to have experience because that's part of the physical nature. So when we return our attention back to the soul, then we begin to rise above all those outer distractions, we often call them. Sure, you can call them distractions because if you're in this process of awakening to the divine within, then all those things kind of are distraction because they pull our attention out to give again our energy to them, to keep feeding them life so that we can have more and more experience. And so that's often the challenge we have when those of us know, I want out. I want off this planet. I want to get off this wheel of reincarnation. I want to go home to God, no matter which way you look at it. All the ways I said at first, get off, get out, all this stuff, that's just focusing in the world. Well, that's a nice motivator. It's often I call those my negative motivators. 
because I'm looking at the disturbance. Thank you, God, for the disturbance, once again, to remind me. But then as I turn my attention inwards and upwards, now it's thank you, God. Oh, yeah, it's not that I just wanted to get out of this world of pain and the illusion of separation. What I really want is to now wake up and know my oneness with you. That's what I really want. That's what my real focus is. And I've said this a million times in here, we get what we focus on. If we focus on the pain of the separation, the illusion of what we're caught up in, you're going to keep feeding it. You'll keep getting more of it. You'll keep it alive. Just like the jokes we started with, hey, welcome to drama club. Am I going to a spiritual retreat or a drama club or class? Well, you get to do what you want with it. Usually it's a little bit of both. Usually we're back and forth all the time. But it's when we begin to let that back and forth, the drama club, the attachments and experiences in the world be okay. And this is why Jim and I always talk about loving, accepting, and forgiving, LAF. Because when we let them be okay, that's another action of acceptance or loving, that all of a sudden we let go of the attachments. We release ourselves. We let go. Well, wait a minute. That, how can it be that we let go when the world did it to us and we're the victim? Warriors crossed. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means I have to take responsibility for my thoughts and feelings, for my actions and reactions, that even though it may look or sound like somebody did something to me, I'm the one who went into reaction. I'm the one with disturbance and caught up in all that and out of balance. And also, I am the one who now, in taking responsibility for that, can begin to heal that, to let it go, to bring myself back into alignment and balance. I can go into the loving, accepting, and forgiving rather than the reaction and begin to change that inside of myself. And then as I do, I get the results. I get the benefits. I get the reward. But it was through my actions. So yeah, be a little selfish here. Toot your own horn a little bit if you need to. I mean, really, does it? When you honk your horn in the car, doesn't it always feel better to be the one honking the horn than the one to be honked at? <coughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny how it works, but it's true. Pay attention to all these little signs. And in that, you'll see your cues, your indicators, your reminders to realize, to wake up and realize what you're doing inside yourself with this outer reflection. Because all it's doing is reflecting to us all these experiences. But it's what we do inside of ourselves with all these reflective experiences that makes the difference. I remember somebody when I was talking about this, to say, I'm going to work with that. It said, you know what? I realize I judge a lot. So you've said over and over, don't try to stop judging. Rather, focus on the loving. I said, okay, great. Because before, they would get upset that they're judging all the time. And so they were focused on trying to get rid of the judging that they were doing. But where's their focus? On the judging. So I said, I'm going to focus on the loving now. So every time a judgment comes up, I'm going to use that as my cue to start reminding myself now to start loving rather than trying to get rid of the judgment. So what do they do? They just shift their focus, shift their attention to that upwards movement in and up towards spirit, that action of the divine. 
But it's funny because you know how they started out? Instead of just saying, okay, I love you, I love you, it was more like, I love my judgments. I accept that I judge. I forgive myself for judging. So yeah, there's still a little mixture in there if you can hear that in the words. But it was fun because this is a process. It takes time. It's never just, boom, it's done like that. There's a process here of letting go. There's a process of retraining or refocusing ourselves. And they had fun with it. I remember after a few months went by and then I heard from them, they go, you know, I took what you said and I'm getting there, but here's how I'm doing it. And that's how they, they shared with me. They said, I love and accept that, I ju- that I'm judgmental. I go, and it made me laugh. I go, you know, that's actually kind of funny. Because, you know, that's a beginning. That starts to change or shift the energy. And hey, it's also one that's very realistic. Because in this world, no matter what, no matter what, are we really ever able not to judge at all? I don't think so. I've not witnessed it. So why worry about it? Why not just accept it? That's what I love it. I accept that I am judgmental. Hey, it's all right then. I'm not judging myself for judging myself. What? Wait, what? (laughs) That's right. That's the key. Take another step back. By doing that, you've just removed yourself from projecting out here these judgments and now saying I accept myself is a step back inside to begin to move now your own consciousness out of the outer focus, and into the inner. Because as soon as you get inside and focused upwards, then that true movement of the divine will begin to lift you. But you see, you've got to get yourself there. Or here. Wherever it is. Right here. I'm pointing at the seat of the soul. We have to bring ourselves there and step into the radiant form of God's loving that river of loving, the Holy Spirit, the spiritual form of the teacher, all those actions we talk about on this pathway, about the soul's home return to God, we have our part to do. We have a responsibility. And these are the lessons that we're doing in this world is learning all this. And as we do is how we bring ourselves up to that spiritual door here in the physical consciousness And then there is that point when we have learned our lessons, when we have handled a lot of that which is ours to handle, to learn in this world about taking responsibility for ourselves and really living that loving inside through all of our thoughts, all of our feelings, all of our judgments and fears. As we do that and bring it fully present is how we bring ourselves. It's called climbing the inner mountain. Climbing the inner mountain up to the seat of the soul. Here's the top of the mountain. It's the end of one journey, of our personal journey, of what we call our inner kingdom. And now it is also the beginning of that new journey into spirit. Because it is at this place in which that sacred name that is given in initiation on this pathway is the beginning point in which that radiant form of God's loving can now work with you where you can now fully surrender, step into that action where God can now begin to bring you, to lift you. I hope this is making some sense because I know a lot of us often 
on the spiritual path, we think, well, my God, why isn't God doing it for me? Why isn't the radiant form of the, the spiritual teacher doing it for me? How come I'm still going through all this shit? What am I, always God's victim? Can't tell you how much we hear that all the time. And it's so funny, every time somebody starts taking responsibility for their thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions and really practice that LAF and everything we talk about here all the time, all of a sudden, things get better. Wow, this shit works. And then we have people going, how come I don't have the inner experience? Well, when they start doing the inner work, guess what we eventually hear? Oh my God, I just had this spiritual experience. Well, yeah, because once you really do the inner work and bring yourself to here, then you're free enough of all your outer focus and attachments or distractions that you can begin to have the greater experience or that journey beyond the physical consciousness into what we often call the outer realms, the astral, the causal, the mental, the etheric, soul, spirit. That greater journey beyond the physical consciousness. It's funny, you think, okay, I made it to the peak, the top of the mountain. Right. Well, if you look up, there's a whole sky and a sun way, way up there. That's the next part of the journey. And that's what this action of the sacred name is about, is that journey. That is the extension of God's grace, the hand of God, the true loving, the voice of God. That light and sound is all of that and more. That brings the soul back now through the sky. Yeah, try flapping your wings. Doesn't work. But when you reach up and now take a hold of God, then it works. That's what that sacred name is, given initiation. It is taking the hand of God, and now we give God the opportunity to bring us home through the sky and into the sun. It's so cool. This physical sun is such a perfect, or I should say imperfect, reflection of the true one in spirit. It looks just like that. It's amazing. You get out of body, you go have an inner experience on a soul journey like I'm sharing about now that's not of this physical world. You let go of the body and go into another spiritual experience. You will see things just like this. Beautiful blue sky and a brilliant sun up there and you just keep flying towards it. And sometimes you're not aware of anything or anybody with you. You're just flying. And other times you're aware of a divine presence. And as you pay more and more attention, you're aware that that divine presence is actually what is bringing you towards that source. It is the very energy that is lifting the soul, that is giving it its movement, drawing it closer towards that sun and eventually into it. That sun is what we often can say is the face of God, the doorway into the soul realm, and a lot of other things. We're always drawn, right? What does everybody say? Go towards the light. Why didn't it look like the sun? Well, it's light, isn't it? Go towards the light. Well, what if it's all dark? Well, take a look around. Even if there's just a little glimmer of light, like a little star flickering in the night sky, there's a light. Go towards the light. Because sometimes we find ourselves in darkness, and other times it's Beautiful blue skies and the sun shining. But no matter what, darkness or light, you always move towards that source of light. 
That's the key here, is always moving towards the source. And we can see it and hear it directly through inner experiences spiritually, and we can know it directly just in our own physical consciousness, as I was sharing earlier, when you feel peaceful, centered, aligned, things are okay. That's an inner knowing. Right here, right now, that's it. But then, how much time do we give to that? If we find ourselves in a place of peace and stillness and are aware, well, that's an opportunity now. Why not take that opportunity, set the body down, sitting, laying, whatever you want, and go inside and begin to meditate? Because that action of meditation is the action now where you open this door wide to give yourself the opportunity to, one, climb your own inner mountain, and two, to begin to now go beyond it into the grander journey of the divine. We can only do that for ourselves and allow God to do it with it as we allow it. It is both. It is not one or the other. You don't do it all yourself, and God doesn't do it all for you. It is a partnership, but it's done together. And you do have your part. God does give us the freedom of choice to make the choices. Start practicing this. The next time you make a bad choice, you go, Man, that's great. I'm so grateful I made that bad choice. That is so wonderful. It is helping me to learn and grow and to wake up to the greater truth of who I am in all ways, in all levels. If you say you love the divine, well, guess what? All things are divine. Everything is divine. So then how can you not love all things? Because it all came from God. Even the most dark, the most negative, the most fearful, the most horrible came from God. So every time you judge that, guess who you're judging? You're judging God. Oh my God, really? Okay, go ahead. Feel guilty. Feel guilty. Feel shameful. Great. I love it. I'm so grateful for feeling guilty and shameful. I just love this process. I'm so happy when I'm in the dumps. Start doing that. Start playing around with this stuff because that's the way you're going to start to shift that energy inside that keeps you locked in. It's that sense of stagnation, feeling trapped, imprisoned, locked down, stuck. That really is often what's causing the disturbance inside of us. Why? Because the soul, the life of spirit itself is always in movement. It is never stationary or stagnant, ever. So when we feel stationary and stagnant is where we go into disturbance because the truth is it is always creative. Creativity, it's action, it's movement. That's why in here you hear us, the word, you hear us use the word loving rather than love. Or we'll say love in expression, a movement, a loving. Because there always is life. Life does not sit still. Look at little kids. They're full of life, we often say, or piss and vinegar, or whatever. Sit still. Why are we always saying to kids, sit still? They can't stop. 
because they don't have all the limitations. Their soul, that life is moving, 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 and the bodies are just responding, responding, responding. And it drives us nuts because we're trying to get them to be stagnant like where we're feeling. So those of you that have parents, what have you found? Is it easier to get them to stay still or just to focus that movement into something else? Yeah, refocus them. So what are we doing with ourselves? Same thing. Refocus. Refocus. Refocus in a way that you choose, in a way that you feel serves you. Not what others think. Oh, yeah, everybody should do this spiritual pathway. It's the best thing on the planet, man. Is it? It is for me, but does that mean it is for everybody? No, because we each have our own individual journeys to fulfill. And there is a time and a place for everything. For some of us, this is the time and the place that we are really in a journey of awakening. For others of us, it's not. We're still here having experience in the world. There's nothing wrong with that. We need to let it go. Let it be okay. Love it. Saying, God, that's wonderful. You're so caught up in stuff in the world. I'm so happy for you. Don't you love feeling so miserable? You want to just shoot yourself? No, we don't do that. We look at that as so negative and bad. So guess what? When we look at things as negative and bad, guess what we're promoting as a consciousness, not only within ourselves, but out in the world on other people. That's what we're doing. Because everything we live inside, we're automatically going to project out here on the world. Why? Because this world is one of reflection. The soul learns by projecting onto the mirror so the mirror can reflect back to us that which we can learn and wake up and discover about ourselves. Well, that sounds pretty simple. That's right. Stop seeing everybody as different. Look at it as everybody is the same. Look at everybody holding the mirror up in front of their face and all you're doing is looking at yourself. Project all you want. Maybe you want to project a lot all at once so you can really learn fast. Or if you're not a, like that style, you can hold back and maybe just do a little at a time. Your choice. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The good news and the bad news is that you're going to have to do it anyway. Eventually, someday, somehow, you're going to have to. There's no way to stop it. No way. Good luck if you're trying to stop it. The more you try to dig your heels in and stop it, the more the pain. Oh, thank you, God. More pain, more awareness. I'm so grateful. Let me try something else. Something that doesn't hurt so much. And then you start refocusing. Loving God, loving yourself, loving others, loving your situations, loving life. But that's partially out there, and that's fine. Eventually, you want to bring the loving that you're projecting onto that mirror. Well, it's a nice projection, isn't it? If you're going to project something, why not project loving? Because guess what? That's what you'll get back. You want more loving in your life? Project loving out here. You want even more loving in your life? Then stop projecting out there and start now directing in and out. Back to the source. From projection to direction. Go towards the source of that loving, and that is where you're going to find your greatest fulfillment. And that way will also begin 
to reveal the lessons in these outer projections. A lot of us think we have to learn the lesson. We try to figure it out out here. So we're spending all this time looking in the mirror, thinking, okay, it's reflecting back to me. Let me look, let me look, let me learn. Well, it's true. But if you're spending all your time focusing out here on the mirror to learn, well, what good is learning going to do? Okay, well, learn that lesson. Nothing's different. Didn't change. All right, great. Now what? Well, what did you want? Well, I wanted to feel joy and upliftment and more peace. That only comes from the inner and up, not from the projection out here. So you got to bring in to bring yourself back in and redirect yourself in and up towards the source. In that way, that is a direct living, loving experience, not a projection. It is a true movement of loving, of you loving God and God loving you. And in that, that's what awakens the consciousness and frees it of the karmas or the lessons. And as it does, it begins to lift the soul higher. So in a sense, you rise above the projections, you get a different what? Different perspective, a different viewpoint. And that's where you begin to see the lesson. It's called revelation. The light of spirit reveals to us the lessons. So the true learning takes place automatically as we simply do the loving towards God. That's the way to clear your karma if that's what you want to do. But do you want to just clear your karma or do you really just want to go home to God and clearing the karma is just the process in this world in our movement towards God? That's it. It's in that movement towards God. And it's in the gratitude for the experience and the learning that comes with this world, that comes with this creation. You know, we even hear the phrases like, to become one with God. Well, I know this for myself. In becoming one with God, I also had to become one with this creation here. So if we avoid, deny, push away, even this negative, dark creation, guess what? We're separating ourselves from God. This is a part of God. Part of the soul's merging into the oneness with God is also allowing itself to experience this realm of time and space. And in that is the fulfillment. That's why the soul's been on such a long journey, because there's so much to experience here. But it's in all those experiences is what's bringing it into the oneness with God. Until eventually what? It's had the experiences or fullness of God in this creation that at some point it eventually fulfills all that is here in this expression or creation of God. And when there's nothing left, it is now in that oneness with God that we call time and space and can now begin to lift up out and back into the realms of spirit where what we experience or call more the merging, where the soul, we really experience and know the truth of our oneness with God in that spiritual realm rather than in this realm of separation. You're going to find eventually anyway, you just have to surrender even to the fear. It was not until I even surrendered to the fear did I get free of it. We hear about surrendering to God, surrender, surrender, surrender. But what? Most of us are too scared to surrender to fear. 
What's it going to do to me? Oh my God, what's it going to do to me? Is it going to kill me? Is it going to hurt me? What's it going to do? And it's that very game that keeps us trapped. So in this journey of loving, surrender the fear. Because what is surrender? It's an action of loving. It's an action of letting go. It's an action of forgiveness. And when we surrender the fear, all of a sudden we merge into it and it dissolves. Lesson complete. Karma fulfilled. Another part of God I've merged into, and now I'm done with that experience. I'm done? That's right, you're done. You can go home now. Just been waiting for you to get it done. Didn't you know? That's what you do? You just surrender? Go ahead, allow yourself to experience it, and then you're done? Well, I didn't know. I thought I had to overcome it. I thought I had to be courageous and fight it and overcome it, conquer that fear. I thought that's the way, isn't that? Isn't that what the world always does? Good conquers evil. I thought that was the way. I wish it, no, I don't wish it was. Seems like it'd be easier though, because that's what is promoted here in this realm of duality and polarity, win-lose. There's no winning or losing. It's just accepting it all, surrendering to it all. Surrender to the losing, surrender to the winning, surrender to the fear. And in that, all that's left is just the freedom, the joy, the experience of loving. And it's when you really fully allow that and live that is when you will begin to really now wake up and find yourself having the greater spiritual experience in that spiritual kingdom. We call the soul realm, the realm of the spirit. That's how you get there. I wish all we had to do was only chant that sacred name. The sacred name is the action by which brings a soul. But then remember what I said earlier? We, the soul, have our experiences and lessons to learn. And so we have to participate in that and allow that fulfillment to take place so that God can bring us home. Because until we do that, God's bringing us home, but we're hanging on. We're hanging on. Unfortunately, we think letting go is getting rid of rather than experiencing and allowing it all to be okay and just accept it the way it is. A little different way to look at it. But this is what I have found in my experience of awakening. And I know my oneness with God. I fully experienced it all the way to the heart of God and beyond. I know that. That's why I'm here sharing this. And this is the way I did it. This is the way I continue to do it. And that's all Jim and I do here. This isn't about ILM as an organization or a community to get together, as wonderful as that is. I love getting together like this. But this is really about coming into greater understanding so that we as the soul can really now return, wake up, merge back into that greater oneness with God for ourselves that we know it, so that each of us know, experience, and can say the same thing that you hear Jim and I say here. Because we're only sharing from our experience. Not sharing, trying to prove, or change anything in this world. It's just sharing for those who really want to have that for themselves. That's it. No attachments. Oh, I used to be attached to it. I wish everybody was doing this. Yeah, because it's fun to be around people who want to be loving and accepting and forgiving. 
there's, there's not a whole lot of people that really want to live it all the time. Most people would rather do judging and competition and one-upmanship, getting in the last word. But that can be fun too. <coughs> in fact, I think last time we just had a game of that, getting in the last word. Didn't we, Jane? <laughs> it's fun. What? Because you can start playing the games when you really know the truth. Then they're fun rather than disturbing. But we are the ones who can make them fun. And it doesn't become fun until we really do that inner work, that we take the inner journey, that we begin to shift those things inside of us to create that experience, to allow that experience, and to live it. And then it is more joyful. It is all a game. It's a fun game. We're just learning how the game works. And it's fun to play. We just get upset because we don't understand. We're just learning the rules of the game. Then we try to throw the rules out. Then we try to get them back and think if I do the rules just right, then it'll work. No. That's the challenge, though, because there's no rules here. This is all loving and acceptance. They're not rules. They're just principles, actions, things we can do. And as we do them, then we get what goes with it, which is pretty nice. <laughs>